get to meet. But I have an invitation to hasten to His throne, to lay my burdens at His feet and make my petitions known.
chapter 53 this morning. Thank you, Brother Chuck, for that. What a beautiful song. Y'all agree with me? There we go. Y'all glad to be here? I hope you didn't give all your shout out this week in revival. I hope you got some shout left. So do you still have some shout left? Okay, a little bit. I'll tell you, wasn't Hadn't it been great this week? What a wonderful, wonderful week it's been in the Lord. What a fantastic group of services we've had. But I feel like we really had revival this week. And uh, and I'm just going to stop a minute, and I want to brag uh, most of all on the Lord. The Lord has been wonderful. He met with us every night. But I'll tell you, I asked you at the beginning of the week to sacrifice, and you did. And we had fantastic attendance all week long. People 
worked all day, then they came to church, worked 12 hours, came to church. I know some had to drive in from Monroe every day, some from Mississippi every day. God blessed your sacrifice. And I'm telling you, we had church. And I am so thankful uh, for Brother Paul and the work the Lord did through him and all the different specials and everything, promised land. Thank you very, very much for letting me preach it as well. I'm ready to go forward. Are y'all ready? My soul's revived. My heart's revived. Y'all ready to keep on going? There's still souls to be saved. There's still people that need the Lord, and we got to keep on so that they can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It may be us that's standing in their way between them and the devil's hell. So let's stand in their way, and let's show them the cross. And I'm glad there's only one that took that cross for us, and His name is Jesus. I want to share this this morning. Uh, I was, I know spring break, everybody's traveling, but I'm still thankful for the good crowd the Lord gave us this morning. The Lord filled the void, but as you notice, we have been full. We were full during revival. Y'all have been full for a long time in here. We are praying about building a new sanctuary. That is something the church is praying about. Tonight at our business meeting, we're going to open that up for discussion. So be here tonight. We want everybody involved in this, not just the Sunday night crowd. We want everybody involved in this. So be here tonight for our services this evening. If you would stand with me for the reading of the Word of God, I'm going to read a whole bunch of Scripture for one little phrase, but I love Isaiah chapter 53. Next week is my favorite holiday. I love the fact that I serve a risen Savior. We shouldn't just celebrate it once a year. We ought to celebrate it every day. And we're going to celebrate the fact next week that we serve a risen Savior. But before He rose again the third day, He died on the cross for our sins. And let's be put in remembrance of that this morning. Isaiah 53 in verse 1, "...who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness." And when we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. If you don't know, this is talking about Jesus, okay? Notice verse 4, Surely He, being Jesus Christ, hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. Now notice this. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. 
When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, I love this, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. I'm glad that that day he bore my iniquities. That all of my transgression and all of my sin and all your sin was laid upon him. Now notice verse 12. I read all of this to get to verse 12. He said, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Now here it is. Because... He hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I want to go back there in verse 12. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for pouring out your soul unto death. Thank you for giving me your all. Lord, you laid it all down. You didn't hold anything back. Lord, You invested all You had in me. Lord, I can go to heaven today. I'm saved today simply because of You. Only because of You. Because You were willing to lay it all down. You poured everything out from my sin and the sins of the world. Lord, may we realize that You died for every person in this room today that is saved. And You died for every person in this room today that is lost, Lord. You have died for lost humanity. Lord, every person that's in that place called hell today, You died for them too. And Lord, they missed it, but I pray that we won't miss it today. I pray that we will see why You died. And we will see that the work you done was enough to pay for the penalty of our sins. I'm glad I don't have to do anything to get saved rather than trust in the work that You already did for us at Calvary. Thank You for dying for my soul. Thank You, Lord, for being my Savior. I thank You, Lord, for the cross today and the blood that was shed. Lord, I need Your help this morning. Give me the strength that I need to preach Your Word. I pray souls will be saved. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning on the blood, sweat, and tears of Jesus Christ. The blood, sweat, and tears of Jesus Christ. May 13th. 1940, Winston Churchill stood before the House of Commons. And this is how he opened up his ministry as Prime Minister. He said, All that I have to offer the people of England is my toil, my sweat, my blood, and my tears. I believe we've all heard that saying, I poured out my blood, my sweat, and my tears. It represents the relationship between the worker and his work. When somebody says that I poured out my blood, sweat, and tears, it definitely represents that this is somebody that was dedicated to their work. It is safe to say today that Jesus was dedicated to His work. If you've ever heard anybody, I know I've heard it when somebody has built their home and they built it themselves. Once they build it and everybody comes in and they see it and they're so happy Oftentimes you will hear that I have poured out my blood, sweat, and tears for this house. Oftentimes a a business owner, especially a small business owner, you will hear them say that I have poured out my blood, sweat, and tears into this business or into this company. And it represents somebody that has given their all. 
They have given their all. And that's what Winston Churchill said that day that he told England, I'm willing to give you my all. And when I think about that phrase, I can't help but to think about this as somebody, when they say this, that is invested in their work. If you were to say that I have poured out my blood, sweat, and tears, you're simply saying I'm invested in the work that I'm a part of. I'm willing to give not just 50% or 60%, but I'm willing to give 100%. I'll tell you, our bosses don't like us being or doing anything halfway. They like us to be completely invested in our job. Well, I'll tell you what, we need to be invested today. But I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ was invested when it came to His work. Not only is this representing representing somebody that was invested, but it's representing somebody that is committed. Somebody that says, I'm pouring out my blood, sweat, and tears, it means that they are committed to the task that is at hand. They're willing to get up and go to work every day. They're willing to stay with it. Not only are they committed, but they're steadfast. This is somebody that doesn't care how many fires or how many trials are going on in life, no matter of the obstacles or the distractions, they're going to complete their task. When somebody says, I'm pouring out my blood and my sweat and my tears, it represents they are invested, it represents they are committed, and it represents that they are steadfast in their work. May I tell you that every one of these words describes the work of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When He came to the earth, He came to fulfill a job. He had a work to do. And I want you to know it's a work greater than any work that any of us has ever done or will ever do. The work that Jesus had to do was, number one, He had to redeem sinners. He came to do the work so that He can redeem sinners. And may I say, He was willing to pour out His blood, sweat, and tears to redeem Sinners. He came to reconcile humanity. Let me tell you something. We're separated from God today. There is a division between us and God, and it's called sin. And I want you to know that Jesus came to do the work to reconcile humanity to a holy and just God. And I'm glad He poured out His blood, sweat, and tears so that I can be reconciled to God today. And number three, He came to satisfy the wrath and judgment of God. All of those lambs that had ever been given for sin, they never truly satisfied God's wrath. But the very day that Jesus died for us, I want you to know, He satisfied the wrath of God. It took His blood, it took His sweat, it took His tears. But finally, the wrath and judgment of God was satisfied. Satisfied. May I tell you today that Jesus came and He did His job and He did it well. He did it well. He came and He did everything that God the Father told Him to do so that humanity could have a Savior. Friend, He didn't come to be a good doctor. He didn't come to be a philosopher. He came to be a Savior. He came to be a Savior. And friend, may I say that He did His work well and He accomplished everything that He had to do in order for Him to be the Savior of all the world. Your work will not save you. 
False gods will not save you. Baptism will not save you. Only Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will save you because He's the only one that has truly poured out His blood, sweat, and tears for you. Nobody has ever invested as much in you than Jesus Christ. Nobody has been more committed to you than Jesus Christ. Nobody has been more steadfast for you than Jesus Christ. Boy, isn't He faithful today? Isn't He faithful today? And I'll tell you, when He went to the cross, He did the work. He went to fulfill the job for us. And may I say today that He accomplished His job on the cross. And I want to say today, because so many people, they put so much... Uh, effort on the the Roman soldiers, and they put so much on Pilate, and, and they did so much. But here's the reality of the cross. Jesus is not or was not the victim of the cross. Jesus is the victor of the cross. I want you to know in that day when Jesus died, and He rose again the third day, that Jesus defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave. And praise God, He defeated sin. Jesus came to fulfill this job. And praise God, He did it. He did it. And right before He died, what did He say? It is finished. The work is completed. It has been done. Now, everything that we need for a Savior is now done. Friend, if you need to be saved today, there's only one that can truly save you. And His name is Jesus. Why? Because He's the only one that has been invested, that has been committed and steadfast in order for you to go to heaven. If you would uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5. If you're with me this morning, say amen. amen. I want to look at this and break this down for a minute, and I'm not going to keep you much longer. I just ask for your attention, and I want us to focus on the investment that Jesus has in us. And every time that I look in what Jesus has done for me, I'll tell you what, all I can think is unworthy. All I can think is thank you, Lord. All I can think is the grace of an awesome God. Notice in Hebrews chapter 5 and in verse 7, I want you to notice first off the tears that He poured out for us. The tears that He poured out for us. Hebrews 5 and verse 7, the Bible says, who in the days of His flesh, speaking of Jesus, when He had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto Him that was able to save Him from death, was heard in that He feared. This verse speaks of the sorrow that Jesus had during His earthly ministry. It says that He offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. Now, look with me in Matthew chapter 26. The book of Hebrews refers to this passage of Scripture here in Matthew chapter 26. I want you to notice this. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's headed there right before that He's about to be arrested. It says in Matthew 26 and verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Now notice what it said in verse 37. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. He began to be sorrowful and very heavy. I want you to know that day that Jesus poured out His tears for you and me. 
I want you to know the burden of sorrow was laid upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. And when the Son of Glory became the Son of Man, He took upon Himself a sorrow, a pain, and a travail that me and you just cannot quite understand today. And that very word sorrow means pain. It means travail, but it speaks of a travail and a pain that a woman would go through during childbirth. The pains get worse and worse and worse. And it is a constant sorrow. And here in the garden, Jesus took upon Himself a sorrow. And we even read it in Isaiah chapter 53. The Bible said that He would live a life of sorrow, that He would be despised. And I want you to know that Jesus bore a load during His earthly ministry. This man, God-man, went through a sorrow and a pain and stress that we cannot imagine, that we cannot understand today. And Jesus did every bit of this for you, and He did it for me. Isaiah 53 said that He would be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. You say, oh, preacher, you don't have to tell me about grief. I know everything about grief. Friend, nobody knows about grief quite like Jesus does. He knows what grief is because He took upon Himself the grief of all mankind. He took upon Himself the sorrow of all mankind. And let me tell you something. Jesus experienced sorrow during His earthly ministry. May I remind you who He is? He's the Son of God. He was there at the beginning, and praise God, He's going to be there at the end. And He gave up the riches of glory to take upon Himself the the robes of humanity to take on sorrow, to take on grief and pain. He left heaven to do that. I can't imagine that. I wouldn't leave heaven for you. I wouldn't. I can't wait till I get to heaven. And praise God, when I get there, I'm going to be there for all of eternity. Amen? But He left heaven, left the glories of heaven behind, so that He could take upon Himself the grief and sorrow of humanity. And right there in the garden, He began to pour it out. And we see the tears that are shed. What could it be all of this sorrow? Could it be the life of rejection that he faced? May I tell you, this is the Son of God. And when he was born in this earth, there was no place for this little baby to be born. Friend, this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he was born in a stable. He was born in a barn, if you want to call it that. Friend, I want you to know there was no respect for the person of Jesus. During his earthly ministry, his own family turned their back against him. His own home folk turned his back against him. Even his church, some of his church and the followers, Judas Iscariot, they forsook him. I want you to know all in the life of Jesus, he was despised and he was rejected of men. And I could just imagine that the very people that He came to save rejected Him. And the very people that He came to pour His life out for rejected Him. And could it be that a lot of that sorrow that day was of all the rejection that He faced by the very people that He loves? And before we point too many fingers at Judas, and before we point too many fingers at his home folks, may I remind you, we reject him every day. The Apostle Peter rejected him. We've all rejected him. And friend, that brings sorrow to the heart of Jesus. Because he's done nothing but love us and gave us his all. Could it be in that day that he thought about the, the rejection? Or could it be in that day that he thought about his present 
humiliation. Let me tell you something. Jesus knew the cross was coming. Jesus knew what was ahead, and He knew what He was about to experience. And may I tell you that Jesus faced a worse death than anybody has ever experienced. Friend, let me tell you something. The Roman government, they had the crucifixion down. And I'm telling you, they knew how to humiliate somebody like nobody else could. And if there was anybody they were going to humiliate, it was going to be that Jesus of Nazareth because they hated His guts. And He knew that He was fixing to be humiliated. The Son of the living God, the Creator, the Word of God. May I tell you, the lily of the valleys, the bright and morning star, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, was fixing to be humiliated. And He was fixing to be led out to be made a spectacle unto all the world to see. And the Roman government was fixing to let Him have it right there in front of everybody. And may I tell you that my Savior, the only one who ever gave His life for me, was spit upon that day. I want you to know they threw rocks at Him that day. They stoned Him. They beat Him. They whooped Him. I want you to know they cursed Him. They called Him everything there was to call Him. They did everything they could to humiliate Him. The cat of nine tails was whipped in the back of Jesus and pulled out the flesh out of His back. The crown of thorns was laid down on His head. I want you to know to mock Him. They put upon that inscription, the King of the Jews, just to mock Him. Just to humiliate Him. Just to make Him a spectacle for all the world to see. And friend, Jesus knew what He was about to face. And He faced it anyway. You say, well, did he have a choice? Yeah, he had a choice. <laughs> yeah. Could have called heaven down that day. <laughs> he wasn't all man. He was all God too. He could have called on his father to help him out. But he knew that he couldn't. You know why? Because he was pouring out his tears. He was pouring out his sweat and his blood for lost humanity. And there that day he died. Oh, could it be been the humiliation or could it be the separation that was coming? Think about this. Listen. From day one, in the beginning, God. It was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. One constant that the world has always had was God the Father and God the Son was always like this. But there was a moment there on the cross that Jesus knew was coming that He was going to be separated from the Father. And for the very first time in all of the history of humanity and all the history of God, and friend, God's eternal God is forever, so this means forever and ever and ever. For the very first time, God the Father and God the Son is fixing to be separated. And darkness is going to fall. You say, why? Because God can't look upon sin. He can't look upon sin, and that's what Jesus was doing that day. He took upon Himself the sins of humanity. God couldn't look down and He was separated from the Father. Never has the Son of God and God the Father been separated, but now He's fixing to be separated. Oh, mercy. I don't want to be separated from God. Jesus didn't either. But He knew what He had to do. He knew what He had to do so that me and you could have a Savior today. Would you look with me in Luke chapter 22? Oh, stay with me. Oh, stay with me. Notice the sweat that Jesus poured out. Notice the sweat that He poured out for us in Luke chapter 22. 
Now, we've laid the foundation of this sermon. We've, we, our minds are on the picture. Our minds and hearts are on the price and the payment of sin. We're on what Jesus has done for us. But, oh, may we go back to the garden. I want you to notice this in Luke 22. Luke 22 and verse 42. Jesus said, saying, Father, if Thou will be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. The Son of God needed strength that day. And God helped him. He sent him help. Notice what it said. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. He's already poured out his tears. Now he's pouring out a sweat. And the Bible said it's sweat of blood. He's sweating blood. Jesus is sweating blood. And I looked up this condition. It's called hematohydrosis. I'm sure you don't say it that way, but that's how Redneck says it. Hematohydrosis, whatever it is. And I looked up this condition. It's a very rare condition, but it is a real thing that has happened before. But normally it is seen in prisons. The most common place that it is seen is on death row, when a prisoner is about to be executed. They say that this condition of sweating blood only comes from the most serious stress or heartache that an individual can face. And they say when that individual is at the most ultimate stress that they can handle, they begin to sweat blood. Very, very rare, but it has happened. Most of the cases, it's happened in prison. Right before a murderer is fixing to go be executed, he realizes what he's about to face, and he sweats blood because of the stress. Let me tell you something. Jesus wasn't a murderer. He wasn't a thief. He never lied. (laughs) He never told a little fib. Hello? (laughs) He was perfect. But He knew what He was fixing to face. And the pain and the travails, what the Scripture said, of that fell upon Him. And He said, Father, if this be the cup, let it not pass from Me. You say, preacher, what cup was it? It was your cup and it was my cup. It's called the sin, the cup of sin. It's called the the cup of brokenness. It's called the cup of, of burdens. I want you to know that Jesus Christ went to the Garden of Gethsemane that day and drank from a bitter cup. And that day He drank the cup of the sins of the world. Now, I can't fathom how He did it, but He did it, okay? Because the Scripture said He did. And when He laid upon Himself the sins of all of us, He began to sweat blood. Because that's how heavy the load was. Now let me tell you something. That day, He took every sin, cathead, that I'd ever commit on His back that day. And when He began to drink that cup, He drank my cup. And praise God, He drank your cup. Listen. Every sinner in the world, He drank their cup. You say, well, I don't believe in God. He still drank your cup. And He took upon Himself your sins, every sin you've ever committed, every sin you're going to commit. And guess what? Every person that's in hell today, Jesus took their sins to the cross. 
He put every sin of every individual, of every man, every woman, every child, He laid it upon His shoulders. And right there in the Garden of Gethsemane, He drank my cup. And He put every burden, every trial upon Himself. And He said, Josh, I know you can't do it for yourself, so I'll do it for you. And that day the Son of the living God began to sweat blood. All the pain and all the travail that He faced. Whoo! You say, Preacher... This ain't good stuff. Yeah, it is. It's getting there, okay? Because He poured out His tears. And He poured out His sweat. And blessed be the name of God, He poured out His blood. Because, man, we needed His tears. And we needed His sweat. We needed Him to take our sorrow. We needed Him to take our sin. We needed Him to take our load and our burden. But praise God, He poured out His blood. He poured out His blood. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 1. You say, Preacher, I've heard you talk about the blood so many times since you've been here. Well, you better get used to it. Amen? Because there's only one way to be saved, and it's by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Because, friend, Jesus didn't just pour out His tears in His sweat, but praise God, He poured out His blood. And I'll tell you what, there's nobody that has poured out their blood for you quite like Jesus Christ has for us. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, In whom we have redemption, praise God, in whom we can be redeemed. What does that mean, preacher? That means of all the wrongs that we have in our life, we can be made right today. We can be purchased. We can be redeemed through good works, through our tithes, through our offerings. Through church memberships. My grandma was a member there for 50 years. Good for her. Amen. You can't get redeemed that way though. <laughs> Your grandma's not, it can't save you. Your mom can't save you. Your siblings can't save you. This preacher can't save you. I cannot redeem you today. Notice what the Bible says. In whom we have redemption through His blood. It took the shedding of the blood of Jesus so that me and you could be redeemed, so that me and you could be redeemed of our sins, so that we could be reconciled to God and praise God so that the wrath of God can be satisfied. He redeemed us through His blood. Notice what it said, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Woo! Isn't that wonderful? Isn't the grace of God wonderful? What is grace? That's that unmerited favor. That means God has given us something that we don't deserve. I'm forgiven today. Apparently, I'm the only one. I'm forgiven today. I'm redeemed today. I'm pardoned today. I'm cleansed. I'm saved. I'm dying and going to heaven. And it's all because of Him. Because He poured out. His blood, sweat and tears for me and for you. We talked about that great white throne of judgment. And I think every lost sinner, when they stand before that throne, it's going to be too late to be saved then. But I think they're going to fully see the price that Jesus paid for them. Oh, I don't believe in that. Well, you will one day. You hold on. <laughs> you will one day. Well, he didn't die for my sin. Yeah, he died for your sin. Well, I'm an atheist. I don't believe, well, it don't, it don't excuse you from answering for your sin, okay? I'm trying to be respectful. Well, well I'm a Muslim. Well, you're still going to have to answer for your sin. Well, I'm a Buddhist. Well, <laughs> it don't excuse you from your sin. 
their sin that's got to be dealt with. And bless God, it was dealt with 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. And there's no place other to go to take care of our sins than to the cross and to the blood that was shed. I'll tell you, I love the picture of the cross because it's victory, isn't it? It's victory. You know what I don't like? It's when I see a cross and Jesus is on that cross. Friend, He's not on the cross anymore. (laughs) Amen. He got down 2,000 years ago. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God today. I don't serve a dead Savior. I serve a risen Savior. I want you to think about this. He died. He poured out His blood so that we can be saved. He poured it out so that the wrath of God can be satisfied. Please listen. Please listen. He poured it out to pay for sin. To make an atonement for sin. Notice this song. When man sinned in the garden, that sin Jehovah could not condone. The bloodshed of animals could not forever sin atone. But the Son had compassion. And He said, Father, I'll be your lamb. So once again, blood was shed as the soldiers nailed His hands. Please listen. It has been three days since heaven Watch their prince of glory die. His followers are in mourning, for in the tomb their Savior lies. But at the grave, something is happening. As death screams, I've lost my hold. Angels rise in anticipation, for the Son is coming home. And there He comes, and He's got the blood that He shed on Calvary. And the Father says, Well done, my Son. This is the last blood I'll ever need. And there He comes, and He's got the blood that He shed on Calvary. And the Father says, Well done, my Son. This is the last blood I'll ever need. This is the last blood I'll ever need. Nothing else needs to be done for you to be saved. It's been done. It's been done. All those people in hell. And every last one of them, Jesus poured out His blood, sweat and tears for them. I'm not going to hell today. I'm going to heaven. Because simply I accepted what Jesus did for me. And I went to him one day and I admitted that I was a sinner and I was dying and going to hell. And I said, Lord, I need to be saved. Forgive me. Redeem me. Cleanse me. Save me. Save me. We draw pictures all the time. Hollywood does. Spider-Man. We got somebody out there desperate and they need somebody and Spider-Man's always there at the right time, ain't he? Humanity wants a Savior so bad. Well, friend, it ain't Spider-Man. And it's not Superman. And I want you to know that we need to be rescued today. But Batman ain't going to do it. Hello? Jesus is His name. There's only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's at the precious name of Jesus. Your sins can be forgiven. Your sins can be atoned for today at the precious name name of Jesus. I forgot a lot of days in my life, but that day the Lord got a hold of me.
and said, Josh, you're dying and you're going to hell. But I did everything so that you don't have to. And that day, as 13 years old, I knelt down at my mom and daddy's bed in West Monroe, Louisiana. And I said, God, here it is. And I poured my heart out to the one who poured it all out for me. And that day, I said, Jesus, save me. And He saved me. He saved me. And He sanctified me. And He cleansed me. And He forgave me. I've messed up since then. I've been unfaithful since then. But bless God, He's been faithful every day. He's been faithful every day. Nobody has invested in you quite what Jesus has in you. And you have a choice. You can either accept it or you can deny it. Well, I'm just going to deny it. That will never take away the fact that your sins are already paid for. Whether you accept it or deny it, your sins are paid for. But it has no effect on you until you apply it. Apply the precious blood of Jesus to you today. And be saved. Listen. There is no reason for you to go to hell. You hear me? There is no reason for anybody to go to hell. He has poured out too much for anybody to go to hell. He has poured out His tears so that you don't have to go to hell. He has poured out His sweat so that you don't have to go to hell. And bless God, He poured out His blood so that you don't have to go to hell. Would you accept Him? You say, Preacher, I'm scared to death. I don't know what to do. You walk this aisle right now. Let me show you how to be saved. I can't save you, but bless God, I know a man who can. I'll show you who can save you. Would you be saved today? Child of God, when's the last time you just fell down and you said, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. Oh, man, how often we forget. Let's stand. Very quiet, very reverent. If you have a public decision to make this morning, would you come? These altars are open. Miss Dina's going to play every head bowed, every eye's closed. Y'all come this morning.